You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. I feel like a robot with all the technology I'm currently utilizing in order to do this podcast. I've got headphones coming from one source on my right ear. I've got another pair of headphones using one from each pair of headphones, by the way, in each different ear coming from different sources, having my phone uh, as the video that I'm looking at Doug while using my computer. I try to use another computer. It's just all very different for me. And this would be just another Tuesday for Doug, basically. Well, and I think we should explore this, that that when we change things up, it makes you uncomfortable because you are the radio professional. Uh, you are you're also the pod dad, but you are the radio pro and and radio. The setups tend not to change very much. The technology tends not to get upgraded very much because sort of like how our our you know, you always hear these stories about how the United States nuclear arsenal is run by like giant floppy disks that you used to put in your Apple II to play Carmen San Diego. And everybody's like, that's crazy. <laughs> it's a, it's the nuclear arsenal and we're the greatest country on earth. Like how do we run these things on this technology? And it's because the technology simply works and to change the technology would leave you vulnerable to disaster. So as long as something works, you just keep using it. But uh, this is all that to say, this is making you very uncomfortable. And, and I'm personally, I'm enjoying it. I'm feeling very vulnerable right now. I've got you directly above direct. So the way that I have Doug Branson situated mm-hmm. is in my phone, right? That's the way that I'm able to look at him. Now, you and know, I don't, him. you know, I don't actually exist in your phone. You know, I, I am, I am coming. You didn't to move you. there. No, no, I'm not inside <laughs> your telephone. I'd put you in my pocket. And I'd carry all day with me. That's creepy. You are looking directly, basically, up my nose right now. Do I have any? Do I have any boogers or up your? What do you call that? The turkey neck, the swallow. Up your swallow. (laughs) It's the Locked On Hornets podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks again for joining us. We're presented again by the Locked On Podcast Network, and they've got all sorts of sports. They've got all sorts of teams for you to follow. Support for Locked On Hornets comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. That's 20% at manscaped.com with promo code Locked on. That's a new read, huh? That's different. Everything's different. You, and by the way, if it's you got to take, yes. I was looking for gobbler. I, f- I was looking yeah. for gobbler, the turkey neck, the thing that hangs down. That's the gobbler, not the swallow. I don't know where Hell, I got shave, that from. Shave that too with Manscaped. You can shave it all <laughs> as long as it's below the belt. But now I'm feeling extremely vulnerable with that new read that we've got. There's a lot of different changes. Doug's in my phone. We're shaving stuff below the belt and we're talking about different things besides the Charlotte Hornets here at first. So a lot Doug, of changes you want to be for up- them too, by the way, if we want to just tie this back into uh, the Charlotte Hornets basketball team. A lot of changes. Uh, you don't want to keep going with the Manscaped conversation? Well, you did I mean, tie listen, that back they're, they're going to have to, tr- they, listen, they trimmed a big part of their family jewels <laughs> when they decided not, or, or Kimball Walker decided <laughs> not to re-sign with the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, that was, he was their, uh, he was their cajon. He they was chopped the family it all jewels, off. They didn't really right? trim. 
They just they <laughs> chopped it all off. If if we were to do the human anatomy and what part now, Kevin Durant, <laughs> Kevin Durant called Kimba Walker the head of the snake. Well, that's yeah, that's a whole nother thing. When did he call him that? I'm moving on. Sporting news <laughs> has the Tar Heels and <laughs> ACC football as their sleeper contender in the Coastal Division. So. Real quickly, as I find myself going back to radio, I find myself not realizing that I am doing a podcast. So real quickly, Doug, these are your Tar Heels, right? <laughs> you just started this, reading that as if like anyone listening to this podcast would know what we uh, were about to do here. I, I know. You know. Sporting News has the Tar Heels as their sleeper contender. 704-332. Dial in and give your thoughts and comments on the guest on the listener line. 704. No, you wanted to know about ACC football. You've got it here in the rundown. You've been exploring this is something we've been doing in the dog days of summer that is the nba offseason and you've been wanting to know about different sports going out there and you wanted to at least maybe sprinkle that in a couple of podcasts here and there i would imagine there's quite a few tar heel fans listening to the podcast you yeah. yourself went to north carolina I did. and the sporting news does have the tar heels as a sleeper contender in the coastal division mac brown former head coach that was there in the 90s, left him for Texas, won a championship there, comes back because the alumni wants him back so badly. He's a charmer, charismatic guy, and doing a really good job of recruiting. I don't know if this makes a whole lot of sense to say they're a sleeper in the Coastal Division. Like, are they a sleeper to win it? Are they a sleeper to get in the top two or three? I'm not buying it, Doug. I'm telling you, don't buy into the hype that Sporting News is trying to give you right now. That's really good. That's really good analysis. Yeah, I am not paying attention to any other sports. Uh, so I need you. Uh, and I think I'm not the only one. I think there's someone listening right now that needs this little bit of non-Hornets knowledge. And I'll tell you this much. If Mac Brown doesn't work out for the Tar Heels, I think we should consider firing the alumni. Like it's enough's <laughs> enough. Like if they can't, and like if they can't figure out who they, who should be uh, the coach and, and, and a coach that can take this Tar Heel team to the promised land, then I think you just got to rescind their their alumni status. Just take back that, their diplomas. That awkward moment when you fire yourself. Weird. Uh, Malik Monk, let's jump into the Charlotte Hornets now. Malik Monk has a very good chance to possibly, if he plays better, enter the case of being the family jewels of the Charlotte Hornet. But right now, he, he's not exactly there. I mean, this is somebody that's outside that realm of the conversation. Somebody that a lot of people have heavily criticized the last couple of years for basically not stepping up to the expectations that we all had for him. Now, when you have these type of young guys that come into the league it is a lot of pressure on their shoulders to perform Malik Monk in his first year in the NBA was 19 years old last year he was 20 years old he did get a little better shooting from the field but that was because it was so bad the season prior and it's not like he was all that great shooting from the field even this year an effective field goal percentage of not quite 46 last year excuse me, his rookie season, an effective field goal percentage this year, this past season of 48. Doug, when we talk about the best case scenario, I envision the best case scenario for Malik Monk to be thrown out there with the starters, to play with better basketball players, to have somebody be able to take the attention off of him or at least maybe Terry Rozier being somebody that is jacking up shots to where we notice him shooting at an inefficient volume before we voted uh, before we notice Malik Monk it's it's all about him hitting shots and not being such a liability on defense at this point can Malik Monk 
become a player that is able to gain a whole bunch of knowledge this offseason? Is he able to at least just able to hold his own on the defensive side because he has been so bad, Doug. You, but I would make it a point last year to just solely focus on him on that end of the floor. And he would get lost so many times. There were so many plays last year where it wouldn't result in his guy getting a bucket, but there would pe- there would be people that would have to help out because he would lose, you know, uh, an assignment of his and then, you know, they would have to help the helper and then all of a sudden it's somebody shooting an open three. Malik Monk was bad on that end of the floor. And if you're shooting 34% from three, if you're shooting 33%, then you you have you have to help me on why it would be worth it to throw him out there on the court. So I I'd, I'm I still have a lot of hope in the ability that he has, but man, it's it's been a it's been a rough first two years for Malik. Yeah, Walker, I share all of your doubts. I share all of your fears. I share all of your desires when it comes to Malik Monk. But if we're talking about best case scenario, I, I really feel yeah, like I kind of went away from the whole best case scenario, positive vibe of surrounding Malik Monk there in my. Yeah, answer. we can get <laughs> listen, we're going to do worst case next segment. We can get into all that. But best case for Malik Monk in my mind for this upcoming season is that it, he really becomes the definitive flamethrower off the bench. Because I, I think Dwayne Bacon is going to do a good enough job that he's going to solidify himself in, in some kind of starter role because of his ability to play on both ends of the floor. But I think Malik, look, the Hornets, if you look at this bench that they're going to have, Devontae Graham, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, PJ Washington, you know, uh, Billy Hernan Gomez. I mean, they're, they're not going to have a ton of players that have that sort of ability to dominate on the offensive side of the ball. So I think Malik Monk is going to have plenty of minutes, plenty of opportunity to prove that he can knock down shots. So best case scenario for me is that by the end of the season, you can depend on Malik Monk to, to come into the game in, in the second quarter and maybe even throw him in and see him in the fourth quarter to close games out because he's a reliable shot maker. To me, that's best case scenario. I just don't see him as, as an NBA starter really ever. I just don't see that as his career trajectory. It doesn't mean that he can't have a great NBA career, and it has to start this year. He has to define himself this year. So when you mentioned just being a flamethrower that comes off of the bench, the easy names to bring up would be a Jamal Crawford who won multiple six man of the years, Lou Williams who won multiple six mans of the year. Uh, Nate Robinson comes to mind as somebody that could get uh, pretty hot coming off of the bench, be a double digit score for a few teams. And so the, the, I would be that would be great to have him come off of the bench and be able to do some of that stuff, you know? I mean, that would be fantastic where you I think that's attainable for him, right? Where yeah. you can see him coming off of the bench and, and shooting just at 40%, right? Like right at it anywhere from 39 to 41 where maybe he can shoot from 3 you know, something like 36, 37 even would be great just based on what he's given us the first two years. I, I think that's what we're looking for from Malik. And also that would be good enough to where is if he played better defense, but not still great, but at least better defense, then you could roll with that guy. You could roll with that player. And I think that's attainable. One other thing real quickly, Doug, I'll yeah. say is that we see players make jumps in their third year constantly. We, we see them in their fourth year. You know, we have two players that are late bloomers in the past 
what seven years with the Hornets and it's Kimball Walker Mm -hmm. and it's Jeremy Lamb Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean that Malik Monk has shown the kind of ability and kind of stats that they had even in their struggle years but it does mean that they bloomed and they bloomed late maybe Malik Monk can be that guy that's the best case scenario that can that I can try to help everybody with and and he needs to set the, the when I say define himself I mean that he needs to set a narrative so if this if this team is truly a 30 to 35 win team don't you want to see Malik Monk win two to five games for this team this year like him be the re when you walk away from the game go oh my god like if Malik Monk had not come in and just lit the house on fire at you know in the third quarter this team was not going to win this ball game I just really feel like you need two to five of those games this year to really say okay yeah he solidified his role on this team as somebody that can come in light it up and and push your team in the right direction Support companies that support our show like Bombas. Bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. Plus, for every Bombas purchase, they donate a pair to someone in need. Bombas, that's B-O-M-B-A-S. Find out more about what feet daydream about at bombas.com slash locked today and get 20% off at bombas.com slash locked. Doug, when we come back from break, I want to look up the history of feet or at least discuss that at some point in today's podcast. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Locked on Hornets. But I have seen him go all That's the way up fault. to number 10. That was, is there a warning? Do we I need to get trying, out of here? Okay, here's the thing. My, I don't know if you heard, but my watch went off, and I was trying to silence it, and then I accidentally hit ping the phone, and then the phone pinged, and, and now here we are. <laughs> I'm doing my best, man. It seems like you're doing your very worst. <laughs> well, sometimes it seems like you're I'm actively fighting you today to move. To sometimes move my best is my worst. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Speaking of the history of feet, as we sprinkle in other sports here, Doug has here on who has been the MVP of Carolina Panthers training camp through basically the first week. And in the history of feet, we know that Curtis Samuel has had his own history of feet problems that he has actually been able to come back from this year. So Curtis Samuel, Doug, I've been very high on him. I've been bullish. Second wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers, as widely thought second wide receiver it's still going to be dj Moore as the number one guy but curtis i was very high uh, about coming into training camp and now dj Moore and curtis samuel both doing very well but curtis has been excellent in the first i think four practices they had an off day today but the first four practices curtis samuel has been amazing and he's my I, he's my breakout candidate for the carolina panthers and he's the mvp of training camp i'm excited about it so in terms of the history of feet, I can give you a couple of things. I mean, it's really how do you define feet? I mean, the first animal that we know about is the sponge. And does the sponge have feet? I'm not so sure. If you're, if you're saying, like, what is the first animal or creature to step foot on Earth? So, you know, to come out of the ocean and, and to actually step foot on the Earth, then I think you have to look at the four-legged amphibian called Ichthyostega, That was about Mm -hmm. 240 million years ago. Now, if you are talking about the history of U.S. measurements, so we're talking about a foot or the history of feet as a measurement, that actually comes from an English system of measurement that grew out of the creative way that people measured for themselves, including the measurement of one's foot 
in ancient times, the foot was 11, uh, 11 and one forty second inches. Today it is 12 inches, the length of the average man's foot. I think the worst case scenario for Malik Monk could be very bad because I think the worst case scenario for Malik Monk can be tied into a lot of other worst case scenarios for the Charlotte Hornets because Malik Monk is going to get playing time at least for the first what couple months of the season to try to throw him out there and see if he's worth keeping right I mean you're going to have to see it look you kind of know what you have at least at this point you're hoping that it progresses but he's going to get playing time through the first two months of the season at least and then maybe he takes a seat back and allows some other guy to go take his job but I told you this a week ago a Terry Rozier Malik Monk backcourt does scare me because we know Terry Rozier efficiently efficiency it's been awful right has been under 40 percent Malik Monk efficiency it's been awful as well to have both of those guys just jacking up shots every single time they come down the court that should scare you Mm -hmm. that would be a worst case scenario just thinking Malik Monk and Terry Rozier cannot play together and if you can't play with Terry Rozier do you bring them off of the bench but is that somebody that can still find a rhythm off of the bench. Is that okay with Malik enough in his head to where, you know, he's going to be able to perform? You know, I don't know if he'll have a whole lot. uh, He's not going to have a whole lot of choices here. So we'll see if Malik Monk is able to come off the bench and perform. But to me, the dude's fighting for a roster spot in 2020, 2021. And maybe he even gets traded or, you know, whatever the hell happens this season. Well, and and that's sort of what happened to Jeremy Lamb, right? I mean, he did not start his journey to improvement until he was almost ready to be moved away from the Charlotte Hornets. And for him, that could have been his last foray in, in the NBA he might have had to go play internationally so he he had to make that choice you hope that Malik can as well and if you remember Walker he was getting a lot of minutes in October eight games played last season in October beginning of the season 23.9 minutes per game he just wasn't shooting that well 39 percent from the field he shot well from three 38 percent had a big uh, part in an almost victory against the Milwaukee Bucks early in the season But then in November, his minutes tank down to 17 minutes, which is about where it would stay through most of the season. So to me, worst case scenario is that you have that exact same thing happen again, where the coaching staff once again depends on Malik Monk to play 20 plus minutes off the bench to provide that scoring punch. But he still, you know, despite him hitting the weight room, you know, can't can't drive the basketball effectively, can't defend effectively, and you're forced Uh, to sit him in favor of other players. So uh, to me, that's worst case, or maybe worst case scenario is that by the end of the season, Michael Kidd Gilchrist is getting more minutes than Malik Monk. And you have to wonder what this thing is about starting off pretty well, because remember two seasons ago in his rookie year, we can go back to another Milwaukee game. It's when Malik just absolutely destroyed the Bucks in the fourth quarter. He had something, I think, like 18 points, 17 points in the fourth quarter and I think it did help them win it was exactly that scenario that you brought up earlier that how many games can we look back on and say man because Malik Monk was a flamethrower coming off of the bench he won them that game Milwaukee rookie season in the Spectrum Center that was a game that's a game that Malik Monk came in and helped the Charlotte Hornets win and in large part they won because of him but that was also at the beginning of the year his rookie season right 
you saw you just mentioned the numbers. Look, you said he didn't shoot that well, 39%. That'd be as good as he shot ever. (laughs) 39% is the best he's ever shot. And you mentioned the three-point percentage, 38% is a lot better. So, you know, Malik Monk, uh, bottom line is the efficiency needs to go up because it's just not worth it, and and the defense needs to get a lot better. So a lick was used by the Greeks to measure the distance from the tip of the thumb to the tip of the index finger, which has to be the earliest known usage of the finger gun. Pew, pew. The NFL season is almost here. Make sure you listen to the new Locked On NFL with the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back with segment three about Jeremy Lin next year on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Also how you measure a lapel mic or to put a lapel mic. This is Locked on Hornets. Nature's first green is gold, her hardest hue to hold, her early leaf's a flower, but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief, so dawn goes down to day, nothing gold can stay. We need the boys to mend with that now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Please listen carefully. PJ Washington and Cody Martin met with fans at the Spectrum Center recently. We also got the standard picture with their new jerseys. Cody Martin will wear number 11 and PJ Washington will wear number 25. Big Al's old number 25. Now, also, PJ Washington is a junior and that's exactly how he has it on his jersey. I didn't know this. This was news to me. I didn't know that he was. I had just been saying PJ Washington. I was not aware that he was a junior. Do we have to say Washington Jr. if it's on his jersey, or we can still just say Washington? It's a mouthful. Let me tell you, I saw the back of the jersey, and it's it's a long name. Like it's it's there, well, might be one of the longer. I mean, obviously, I think Antetokounmpo probably takes the cake, but that's a long one, Washington Jr. Well, Still the most hilarious jersey to me as far as the long name goes is Gilgis Alexander because it's a U. Have you seen That's true. That, you're right. That's probably the longest. The, the, the Clippers jersey that he sported. Now, I wonder if the Thunder have a different format or whatever, but it is a hill. And Gilgis Alexander, right at the middle of that name, you get the apex. But that's the most ridiculous name I've ever seen on a basketball jersey. Jeremy Lin. Interesting interesting things coming from him in his I guess his rally in Taiwan where he mm-hmm. met with a whole bunch of fans mm-hmm. um, Taiwan is where his parents were born so he is an icon in Taiwan and really in the entire continent of Asia I mean, you know Jeremy Lin has a big following um, you know in, in that side of the country and so he goes and tours there and this was I think a six-week trip if I'm not mistaken by Jeremy Lin he bared all of his feelings out in this in this session that he had, I guess. I don't know what to call it. I, I don't know if it was a rally. I don't know if that's what it was. I, that sounds weird to say. Uh, but Jeremy Lin talking to a bunch of fans that were there to see him and there to listen to him talk. And Jeremy Lin just poured out all of his emotions about him not being able to land with an NBA team. He says that he's hit rock bottom in free agency. And he goes, he tells them that, 
there's an, a saying in English that once you hit rock bottom, the only place else to go is up. And he says, yet for me, it seems like I keep hitting a different rock bottom. Oof. Doug, this is a guy that is coming off of a championship, mm-hmm. did not play at all. If you look at his game log in the postseason, the only time he would get in a game is if they were up or down double digits. I think the uh, the lowest margin of victory for either team that in, in a game that he appeared in, it was 13. That's what most I have dreams about, about by the way. But, you know, most people who dream about being in the NBA, they dream about being the Kobe. They dream about being the star, hitting the game-winning shot. That's not what I dream about. When I have dreams about being in the NBA, it's that I'm collecting that check and just sitting on the bench watching everyone. Love that. When I, when, I, to- when I do the NBA 2K sim a player or whatever, I make sure my stats are low <laughs> enough where I just get to sit on the bench, watch the action happen, and go back to my virtual home. Most people are going 99 on every single not one of me. the sliders, yet you are sticking right there at 50. You are not going one yeah. stat above 50. And dunking no. speed, agility, you're staying right there. So you can collect that check. Right. And you can also sport that ring. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy Lin also talked about the championship. He said he feel like he didn't earn it. And so he's hit rock bottom because he feels like the NBA gave up on him. Doug, to me... Uh, It's interesting because, of course, Jeremy Lin, who is an icon, who we know had that incredible two-month stretch of Lin's sanity. Uh, What we saw from Jeremy Lin in New York was absolutely incredible. I still remember being a freshman in college, 2011, watching Jeremy Lin set the world, the NBA world on fire in Madison Square Garden. The first game was against the Nets, and he would have got cut. It was just an incredible story, and that turned into... A couple of stops here and there, but a pretty successful NBA career. His, I think you could argue the second most successful stretch of his career outside of Linsanity. I think it was here. I think it was in Charlotte. And so it would be interesting. We can talk about bringing him back to this Hornets organization, but I feel like this isn't unique to Jeremy Lin, Doug. I feel like he's certainly got an interesting story. He, his story is absolutely unique. But Jeremy Lin is a veteran guy that is getting left behind by a lot of NBA teams, just like a lot of other NBA veterans are. Right. You know, th- this is this is not new. The, this is something that we see from a lot of different people who work just as hard as Jeremy Lin, mm-hmm. who th- their life revolves around basketball just as much as it did as Jeremy Lin. Right. And it's really tough when an NBA team says no to you. And so we give it all of this attention because it is Jeremy Lin. I'm not even saying that we shouldn't because it is very interesting, the kind of career that he had. But to me, I take this away from, oh, not poor Jeremy Lin, but poor everybody that's ever gone through this because as a 33 year old point guard 34 for other guys maybe a little bit older than Lynn that find themselves looking for a job but nobody wants them anymore it is a rude awakening for all of these guys and it's very tough to move on to the next chapter of your life when basketball has been it and this is just another example as uh, of that as far as I'm concerned yeah and and uh, you know this is not unique to basketball I mean this happens in in a lot of entertainment and industries and in a lot of industries in general as this economy that we have here in the United States continues to evolve we're not seeing people that retire you know after 30 40 years in the workplace and get the gold watch and get to go home I mean it's you know more often it, it is it does resemble what's happening to Jeremy Lin where like one day you're just your skills are not valued or technology is advanced to the point where your skills are eliminated so this isn't just unique to Jeremy Lin either Uh, What's unique about Jeremy Lin's situation is that normally we don't care 
what happens to these you know, also rans. They just go to, you know, some international league like Shelvin Mack, who just played on the, uh, who just played with the Charlotte Hornets is now on his way to Italy, but we don't care. And Shelvin Mack is, doesn't have the prestige in a certain country to go and like have one of these press conferences, or not press conferences, but he's not talking to fans. And maybe he wouldn't anyway, even if he did. Jeremy Lin is being very open about this. And honestly, I commend him. And I don't think Anyone should criticize him for opening up about his feelings, especially in a league that is just now starting to embrace the importance of understanding mental health. You had the situation with Kevin Love, with DeMar DeRozan. Like it's co- it's good to talk about uh, when you feel down about something, and it doesn't make you unappreciative. It just makes you feel down about the situation. I'm sure once he gets beyond this and he has some perspective. He will be very appreciative of Lynn's sanity and all that it brought to him and his family. He's got plenty of time, plenty of life to be appreciative about it. It's okay if for a moment he looks back and reflects and, and thinks about what could have been. So just lay off a Jeremy Lynn because it could happen to you. All I, I do have this question for you. Would he make sense in a Charlotte Hornet uniform? Because <laughs> no, I no, do, don't do that. You can't do that. You don't think so? You don't think so? No, I, listen, I'll be honest with you. I, well, it's just going to take. I could see it. I, I mean, fine. But like, it's just to me, it's just going to take minutes and attention away from. Does it take minutes away? Because that's that's the thing. If you bring in Jeremy Lin to play a role like he did with the Toronto Raptors. Well, what's then the fine. point? I don't, well, Jeremy Lin, I don't think Jeremy Lin would want to do that. Like, if you're going to do brain. that, then, yeah, at least go play for a winning organization where, you know, if by chance two other point guards break a leg, then you can come in and contribute and be part of a winning organization. I'm not sure why. Yeah, at that point, yeah, go to Shanghai. Go wherever and play, well, play okay, international. But if he wants to stay in the NBA, if, if he's – look, he obviously feels that he wants to play in the NBA – and so if nobody else is giving him a shot, but here come the Charlotte Hornets saying, look, we really appreciated your time here the last go around. And as long as you understand that we have to play our $18 million a year man, Terry Rozier, and we're going to try to grow and develop Devontae Graham, we would love for you to be a part of that process, to be able to help a Devontae Graham. And look, Trey Young, somebody with the Atlanta Hawks, who Jeremy Lin previously played for, Trey Young gave Jeremy Lin all the support in the world, saying that he was a big part in his growth and development in his rookie season and so if you can do that with Trey Young and you can be that kind of player then I think Jeremy Lin would actually be a pretty decent pickup I I wouldn't mind it because you're right we're not looking for anybody to go play minutes right we're looking for somebody to be that veteran leader and Doug you've said this as much as anybody and I've adopted this uh, I've adopted this as much as anyone that you need veterans to help a rebuilding team you need veterans to help yeah, but a team this team that has, has veterans. I mean, that's the one thing the Charlotte Hornets are forced to have. They have not at that position veterans. Not anymore. You know, like, I don't know. I think Jeremy Lin would be fine. Hey, uh, you know, we're all used to the foot and the inch, but how about <laughs> the hand? A hand was approximately five inches or five digits across. Today, a hand is four inches and is used to measure horses from the ground to the horse's withers or shoulder. I was going to say, what in the hell are the horses withers? Uh, Thanks for clearly listening. Clearly, it's their shoulder. <laughs> you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Hornets. We will be off tomorrow, um, and we will be back on Thursday. So thanks again for joining us. It's been the Locked on Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Finger guns. 